This episode of The Amazing Nerd Show is brought to you by Mod Hop. Damon, I really could use a vacation. Well, Christian, I have the perfect podcast for you. Well, tell me about it. It's a great podcast called Mod Hop. Christian, DIY travel arrangements can be tough. Each week, join experienced travel blogger, plane enthusiast, and awkward party host, Jake Redman, as he and his travel-addicted co-host, Anthony Ryan, navigate modern travel from the best plane seats to the worst hotel rooms. They dig up the latest options in travel to help make you a better travel planner. Listen wherever you download podcasts or at modhop.com. Modhop. Travel better. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 114 Expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch. Queuing bitchin' rockabilly track. Priming engines. Detecting unknown virus. Preparing sick bay and sanitizing ship. Unecrypting files for comics, TV, movies, wrestling. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Error Damon track missing. As the Amazing Nerd Show. It's another week for us, but as you can tell, Damon's not here. Uh, don't worry, he's fine. Well, actually, we have to congratulate him because he just became an uncle, crazy enough, and that's why he can't make it today. Uh, it's a little a little hectic for him going on right now. Literally, like, I think it was the other yesterday or so that this happened, uh, so he had to cancel last minute. But uh, that doesn't mean that you're not going to hear on this episode. There's going to be plenty of Damon, I, I guarantee you, so don't, don't shut it off right now. I know just Christian on the mic could be scary, but it's going to be okay. I'm going to, you know, reassure you guys a little bit that we're going to be here every single week. So definitely don't miss out. Uh, we're going to get you through this virus, man. We're going to get you through each and every single day, so don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're, you're sick of hearing this, but this is your daily reminder to uh, wash your hands. Uh, and while you're washing your hands, why don't you, you know, instead of listening to a song, you can listen to us. You know, give us 20 seconds of time and you just wash your hands real clean. And then you get, that's a good, great way to like spread out the podcast throughout the day. You know, <laughs> we all know that you're at home waiting to binge shows because, you know, your job is telling you you can't be there. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's, it's crazy times right now. You know, we're seeing things like E3 being shut down, several movies being pushed back. But you can rely on us to be here every single week for you, the fans, the nerds out there. <laughs> so definitely, as, as always, make sure that you subscribe to us if you want to hear any of our regularly scheduled programming because we're going to continue on. Uh, we're going to keep giving you reviews for things. We might even, you know, start doing retro reviews because movies are getting pushed back and maybe, you know, other little projects. We're going to be doing things. We're going to have to get a little creative. You know, um, this virus is definitely affecting everything in the multimedia world. So definitely uh, check out what we're doing. We'll give you updates uh, if there's any other stuff that's going on. Uh, we'll still be here giving you the news each and every single week. We'll definitely still follow along with whatever's going on, you know, with the usual Marvel, DC, all that bullshit. So definitely stick with us uh, and definitely give us a subscribe. If you're a new listener, I would definitely say, you know, this is your chance to go back 
listen to some of our older episodes. Uh, probably start off this year with our year in review um, and some of our like preview episodes because uh, probably get you an idea of what kind of stuff we're talking about in the show and what stuff to look forward to or kind of reviews that we're going to do in the future whenever they can happen because those movies are all getting pushed back now <laughs> uh well speaking of reviews but the reason i am still recording and not just giving you guys like a clip show or anything like that is because i still wanted to give you guys a review for a show that i binged recently and that was lock and key welcome to key house i could never get your father to talk about his life here My kids need a home. Does it have to be this home? Hello? Are you my Echo? Yes. Yes. Key House is filled with amazing keys. Listen for them. They whisper. You hear that? After their father is mysteriously murdered, the three Locke siblings and their mother move into the ancestral home, Key House, which they discover is full of magical keys that may be connected to their father's death. The show stars Darby Stanchfield, Connor Jessup, Amelia Jones, and Jackson Robert Scott as our Locke family. All right, um, you know, the show kind of centers around um, the concept of loss. A lot in the beginning of the show, uh, you know, we're following this family that just dealt with, you know, their father's death and everything. They move into his old home and then we're supposed to, you know, uh, kind of just like follow these guys as they're grieving, you know, and they're kind of uncovering the story of their father's past that they had no idea about. Um, and, you know, the concept of the show starts off real good. You know, uh, you know, there's that mystery of like, oh, what do each of these keys do? And, you know, I kind of got this weird, like, um, it's, it's, I feel like this is the wrong way to describe it, but I had this like, you know, like this fun Harry Potter vibe to it almost where, you know, uh, and a lot of the elements felt very childlike. Like the show felt like when it started, like, was this a show that was made for kids? But as we went on, um, and as more of the themes kind of came out, you know, um, this was clearly more of like a young adult-based show, but the writing feels very, you know, childish at times. And especially since, you know, the show's family is kind of, I don't know, very disjointed in many ways. Like, the mom, you know, you kind of see her with the family, maybe like... one like here and there rather than like you know she's supposed to be this concerned parent who's constantly worried about her kids dealing with this grief while she's also going through her own grief and yet she's constantly on her own running around doing other things and because uh she's an adult she can't remember any of the magical elements that happen in the show either so she becomes almost a like borderline useless character by the end of the show um the three so that means that we also spend a lot of time with the three siblings um and the three siblings kind of take the place of the father and um his kind of like gang of teenagers that he was with um uh, so the three siblings being tyler Locke, kinsey Locke, and bodie lock uh bodie being the youngest and then kinsey and tyler being teenagers um bodie is the first one to kind of discover the keys and we're kind of like seeing him like 
you know, find mystical keys. So it's very, you know, whimsical. And um, he also discovers someone's in their well outside. And um, he accidentally, you know, gives her, the person in the well, a key. And we find out this becomes our villain, Dodge. Um, and throughout the show, you know, Dodge's goal seems to be to collect the keys and um, kind of just, like, use their powers for whatever her goals are. Uh, we never, we're not, we're never really certain what she's trying to do or what her plans are. You know, it's kind of like a mystery. Everything's a mystery of this show. But um, you know, sticking back to these kids. Uh, so Bodie, we get introduced to Bodie, and then we're introduced to his two siblings. And you know, at first, you kind of you can relate to them because you know they just dealt with their dad's death and everything, and you know they're in a new place, and you know they're going through those typical high school tropes where it's like they're the new kids in town. The, you know, the brother becomes, you know, popular while the sister is more, you know, recluse. Um, and at first, they seem like they could be likable characters as long as you get to know them. But as far as, you know, as it continues on, these characters continue to make poor decisions. They, um, you know, they change things about themselves. They do grow. But I just, I lost all relatability to the point where I just did not care about their story arcs whatsoever. Uh, by the end of the show, I, I mean, literally it took me like three weeks or so just to even decide to watch the last episode because I was so uninvested in all these characters. You know, um, the thing that's supposed to tie them together is, you know, that that grief and that loss and, you know, um, them finding these mag magical keys and, you know, fighting against Dodge, but... I just, more, more times than not, I was rooting for Dodge. You know, I was more interested in what this villain was about than anything. You know, the villain is all over the place power-wise as well. Like, you know, she decides to use keys in these dastardly ways. But then whenever it comes to the main characters, of course, she doesn't. And, you know, then you start noticing cracks in the armor. You know, you start noticing a lot of plot armor for these characters, as they like to call it. Um... It just one after another of these decisions that they make in the show just kind of bog it down, and it's almost like poor. Like let's 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 look at the 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 um the sister's character. You know she she's terrified of like what happened to her during you know um her father's death, which you know it was a traumatic moment. Their father's death was like a shooting that happened in front of all of them. And she's constantly concerned that, you know, she didn't do enough to, like, help stop it. And she was too afraid is what she did. So one of the keys ability, and I'm, I'm going to give away this uh, parts of the story. And maybe, you know, I'll, I'll tell you light spoilers uh, for anyone that is interested in seeing the show. I, I, I wouldn't. We'll, we'll get there. But, <laughs> um, you know, one of these keys ability is to, like, unlock your mind and go in. And you can look at things within your mind. Well, what she discovers in her own mind is, you know, a manifestation of her fears. You know, this this actual physical being of fear. And she, at some point, decides just to get rid of her. She kills her own fear and buries it in a ditch. And, you know, we then follow her character's arc after that as, you know, her dealing with having, you know, being this fearless character, the pros and cons. You know, she starts fucking over her own friends because she's not afraid of them, not afraid to do anything. Um, it's just all these types of hijinks. But 
at the same time, she becomes so unlikable. And you think that by the end of the show, you know, she will have learned a lesson of, you know, oh, the fear, uh, you know, gave me this kind of, you know, we need a little bit of fear in our lives or something like that. There should have been some type of message tied to it. But by the end, you know, she still doesn't have her fear. She, you know, she doesn't she doesn't become anything different. Her growth, you know, while she becomes more understanding of the fact that she needed that fear, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it resonates with the character and she still comes off very obnoxious and annoying. Um, the brother who, you know, during during all of this, the brother is going through his own things. Um dealing with playing with his own keys and stuff like that i'm the older brother i'm talking about and you know he's he he becomes more of the mature one out of the group and what we get out of that is kind of like you know while we're watching the sister you know become this fearless uh character um connor's character tyler uh just you know he he's trying to be mature by everything and then by the time, like, and, and you start to actually, you know, believe in him and like him more as a character as, as you see him becoming more and more the voice of reason. And then he quickly goes back to making dumb decisions. And, you know, this is kind of a trope that we see with all the characters, you know, they, they seem like they're getting somewhere. And then by the end of the show, it's like they've all regressed about five episodes worth of growth. Uh, it's, it's very odd. If I could get back to one more thing about the sister was that um, Kinsey Locke. Um, was that like there's this you know we get this whole plot line where there's this bully you know and it's kind of like typical bullying you know name calling stuff like that we never see anything too extreme and um, you know one of these keys allows them to actually manipulate and force people to do things um, against their will and you know Kinsey just goes to town on this bully to the point where I felt more bad for the bully and you know and they do drive that point but i feel like there was a there was a point in that scene where there was a line cross that just made kinsey's character so much like unredeemable you know uh she became you know more of the bully more of the enemy and more just unlikable at that point so it's just it's those elements you know they become such unlikable characters that I just did not care for their story. Um, effects wise, it's you know it's it's a little lesser than what you would expect from Netflix at this point. Um, you know we do see great shows like um, Stranger Things and such that handle effects very well. Even the first season of Stranger Things that kind of use flashing to hide their um, you know hide their CGI and stuff like that. Um, this is it's okay. I do I think the um, the brain keys effects are kind of cool where they actually stick it into the back of someone's neck and that looks kind of interesting. But beyond that, it's not a very effects heavy show, but at the same time, like we get this whole shadow monster sequence and that looks super cheesy. Um, it's something I would, I, I'd expect more from a kid's show than from what they were going for. I feel like, um, beyond that, you know, it's just, it's four, you're, you're just stuck with four unlikable characters and their decisions and you know um if i could get into more spoiler territory the ending of the show just it it's so bogged down with exposition and um just over like over explaining why we're even here um the characters make these terrible decisions and you you know me i'm sitting there and i'm aggravated because i'm watching these characters make 
the worst decisions ever. Uh, they so they have this key, this this all powerful key that unlocks this door called the Omega Key, and that seems to be one of Dodge's main goals is to get this key. Well, Dodge hides herself um, and um, uses another key to like kind of um, take a character and make that character look like her. And they think the best idea to get rid of this character is to throw to get rid of Dodge is to throw her inside the Omega door. And this all seems like this is what she's been going after this key, the Omega key this entire time. Um, you know, it almost they practically hand it to her at this point because they're they're taking her to the door that she wants to go to with the key. And if she hadn't switched out her bodies and she had just kept you know, the crown on, kept all the power, or just followed them, she could have probably, you know, succeeded in her goal so quickly by the end of the show. Like, it seemed like the end of the show would have been Dodge winning because they do the stupidest thing of bringing the key to the door and everything. But it just ends. It kind of just, like, they throw this character in. It does leave you on this obvious cliffhanger of, oh, you know, I, she... Like she tricked us, but um, the kids don't know that. Um, the mom doesn't know anything that's going on. That's just another frustrating element. It's just that even when something goes happens, you know, she's even when her own mystery that she's trying to solve with her husband just falls very flat. It's just it's it wasn't what I expected, and I don't know the source material. I haven't read the you know the original graphic novel, and I can, I I'm kind of curious to know. You know how that was, how that came off in the books. You know, were these characters more likable? Was their story arcs? Did their story arcs make more sense? You know, it just nothing felt cohesive about this family unit, and it's supposed to be a show where we're following this family unit overcoming their their grief. Um, like they're all happy and smiley by the end of the show, and I just didn't care. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, if I'm going to give this a grade, uh, I'm probably going to give this a D minus, you know, the show started off very strong. Um, all the characters seemed like they had a place to go. You, you could kind of tell what their stories were going to be, but you, they, the execution of all of them just made no sense. Um, they got to where they wanted to go by the end of the show, but it just didn't work. It made me, I, like, I literally wouldn't have finished the show if it weren't for me wanting to put this on the podcast. Like, I literally would have skipped this. So, and I'm telling anyone, you know, even if you're stuck at home with coronavirus, don't watch the show. It's, it's pointless. It's, there's no reason to. Uh, there's plenty of other great shows to talk about or to watch, I should say. And we're going to talk about that today. That's, that's going to be the rest of this episode. We're going to give you our best of list pretty much of the best shows to pretty much binge while you're at home preparing sick bay for the ultimate binge watching queue now adding the top 10 shows to watch while stuck in bed number 10 mind hunter yeah he's a family man too with his keys and his gun he's teaching his children right now they're learning his beliefs and they'll be living them and you you're teaching your children look at yourself Judge the lies you live in. These children that come at you with knives, they're your children. They were your followers, Charlie. You gave them the knife. You taught them. I didn't teach them. 
I just tried to help them stand up. And they stood up, went out, and killed seven innocent people. Was oh, so it now it's my fault? It's my fault that your children do what they do? Your own children? Do you so honestly, it's really season one and season two of Mindhunter because I watched them back to back. Mm -hmm. But season two is kind of what got me into it, seeing all the promos and everything with um, Manson, you know. It was it seemed like a great like true crime type of show. Um, and I saw David Fincher's name attached, so I was totally on board. I don't know how I missed it the first season. And I was pleasantly surprised. Um, it was just this dark, gritty crime drama. And I don't even know what, if I should call it a crime drama because it is really like true crime. And it's supposed to be, you know, following these real case studies and everything. And these real life agents who took on these cases. Um, but, you know, the way that they explore the agent psyches by using these criminal minds just really enthralling you know drama um it, it's haunting and creepy at the same time it leaves you with this feeling of just dread most of the episodes do it's definitely not the kind of show that you want to pick up on like a, a normal monday afternoon or something like that because it, it stays with you um but it's the kind of show i dig now adding number nine dracula is a monster he is the devil himself i could be wrong but i think you are having a nightmare All right, so this is Dracula on Netflix. Uh, in 1897 Transylvania, the blood-drinking count draws his plans against Victorian London. All right, and uh, the show was created by Mark Geddes and Stephen Muffet. Uh, and they were also the creators on Sherlock, right? Yes. All right, and this is a BBC series, um, but here in the States, we got to watch it on Netflix. Absolutely. So um, I believe they got it first, though, those bastards. <laughs> All right, so starting off, I'm a huge fan of the character. Um, I love Dracula. I love Bela Lugosi's Dracula. I love Christopher Lee's Dracula. Um, so I'm definitely going to be a harsh, you know, judge when it comes to this movie. Hell, I love Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, except for Keanu Reeves. Um, so I, you know, I love the character. I love the lore. Um, you know, I love all things Dracula. Yeah. Uh, so overall, I thought this was a fun take on one of my favorite characters of all time. Um, I loved its dry sense of humor. I definitely think it was kind of like the best like dark comedy that you could hope for you know with this character um i thought that Klaus bang um who portrayed dracula does an incredible job of like balancing humor and comedy um he just like oozes this charisma on the screen um they made a lot of like unique choices with like the legend of dracula mm -hmm. um and retelling like bram stoker's original tale um especially with like the first two episodes but you know, I dug it. It was incredibly stylish. It was beautifully shot. It was gothic as all fuck. Um, um, it, it, but it wasn't just like the stunning visuals that like sold me on it. Um, it was like the performances, especially uh, Dolly Wells and Clauses. Um, you know, Dolly Wells played Agatha Van Helsing. 
um, you know, this story's version of Van Helsing. Um, and it was all about really the relationship between those two characters. Um, Dolly West as Van Helsing basically like steals the show. Um, she reminds me a lot of like Anthony Hopkins, like betrayal of the character um, from Francis Ford Coppola's uh, version of the movie. Um, just like super off kilter, chewing scenery, um, but fresh and different. Um, and she's a perfect match for Dracula, you know, and his kind of like dry sense of humor. Um, there's like just this duel of wits, um, you know, like that's taking place. Like, um, while like, you know, the fact that they actually have them like playing a chess game, like for mm -hmm. the two, the first two episodes, you know, might've been like a little too on the nose. Um, I felt like it was kind of like the perfect like setting, you know, for those two characters, especially watching them going like toe to toe. Um, as like a hardcore Dracula fan, I love the fact that we finally go on the boat um, that, you know, uh, takes Dracula from Transylvania to England. Um, I can't remember like ever like spending that much time, you know, you know, with that scene. Usually it's just like a little flash, you know, of just like carnage on the boat as Dracula arrives. Mm -hmm. So I like that we kind of got this like almost weird like murder mystery thing going on with it. Um, I thought that was really well done. Um, I think when it comes down to it, like my biggest issue with the series is the third episode. Um, and without spoiling anything, because I want people to watch the series, and they did a really good job of not spoiling what, you know, happens in the third episode. Um, with all that being said, I think my biggest issue with the series, um, or the season, because I don't know if this is going to go on as a series, mm -hmm. um, is with the third episode. And this was three episodes long, and each episode was like about an hour and a half. They're basically movies. Um I wasn't a huge fan of the choices they made um, and without spoiling anything, cause they did a really good job of not spoiling, you know, mm. what takes place in the third episode. Um, you know, so slight spoilers. Um, we've seen this kind of scenario like play out with Dracula before and it's in his lore, but it just felt really like rushed and a little bit too over the top to me. Um, I did I did think they stuck the landing in a weird way for the character. Um, but I just felt like, you know, they were trying to, like, do too much. Um, it really felt like I was watching, like, the last episode of, like, a really long-running, like, series, which was weird. Um, like, I skipped ahead, like, six seasons. So, um, but, you know, like, I liked what they were doing with, like, the overall theme um, you know, for the character and like this whole idea, like this theme of like him being kind of like agoraphobic where, you know, all his weaknesses are kind of like self-imposed without trying to say too much. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just, I, it, I think with the time constraints that they have with like keeping it into one episode, um, I much rather have seen it like played out like for a, like maybe the second season or something like that. I think I'd much rather have seen, like, Dracula, you know, in England, like, him arriving in England and what happens from there um, instead of what we got with the third episode. So without trying to say too much. Um, but, yeah, no, overall, 
I was super entertained um, by the series. I really was. Um, I don't know if we're going to get more. <laughs> um, and people will know what I mean by, you know, once they watch it. Um, I don't see where they're going to be going after this. But, I mean, there's a million possibilities, honestly. Um, so, yeah, overall, I really enjoyed this series. You know, and if you're a fan of this character um, or a horror fan, I would definitely check it out. So, yeah, for me, I, I do share a lot of the same thought um, with the, the episodes in general. Uh, one through three, you know, it's definitely one, two have such a has such a great structure to them and really feel like I, I really get Stephen Muffet's, you know, Doctor Whoisms right out into this um, show completely with those first two episodes. And then the third one kind of took a lot of the wind out of the sails for me um, personally. Um, while I, I understand some of the choices, I, for me, it didn't stick the landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's let's get more into uh, like the positives and stuff I thought about like the characters and such. Like uh, uh, what we got with Dracula and Sister Agatha, their chemistry fucking awesome throughout it. Yeah, I love as you said the wit between them was fucking amazing. Um, Dolly Wells totally does steal the entire show. Um, I didn't like what they did did with their character in the third episode, but I did enjoy um, Sister Agatha through one and two. Mm. I definitely enjoy what they were going for there. Um, I think one of the things I was expecting more of was, um, for me, was I I thought Dracula could have been a little bit more clever, a little bit more, um, I don't know, villainous as a character. You know, he seems like, while it's great to see Sister Agatha... I mean, he did kill, like, a church full of nuns. <laughs> yes. Spoilers. <laughs> And that was great, and that that was a good hook. But I'm just saying, it was. <laughs> I love that you described it as a hook. <laughs> Decapitating um, nuns. <laughs> um, like I was looking more for him to outwit them immediately in the first episode. I feel now what we got in the second episode and how like it became that kind of uh, murder party, as you were saying, where he's um, like manipulating the exactly. Guests. That was more, I guess, what I was expecting from the character than what we had gotten originally in the first episode. So I was thrown off a little bit. But then as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I expect from a Dracula interpretation and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I absolutely, like, I think the second episode is my favorite episode out of the three. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the problems I was having does stem with the third episode, kind of the resolutions and the truths that they were telling from that point, I just don't know how if I agree with it. And I definitely think if this was like a major series, as you were saying, and this was some like a lot of these elements were spread out throughout different seasons and such, I, I think it would be really well explained, really like it would make sense, it would, and it would be a little bit more enjoyable. But it, this is just like you know the, the typical BBC three episode season, mm-hmm. and um, it feels like where are they gonna go from here? I, yeah, I, I feel like they're not going to make anything else from there. Yeah. Um, but you know if it's successful, they're yeah. going to. <laughs> that's not going to be the case. Mm. But so. yeah, that's, that's pretty much my overall thoughts. You know, it's it's very well done. I definitely say watch it. You know, anyone with Netflix should definitely pick up the show. Yeah, okay. Check well, it out. Without, you know, before we actually yeah. start to discuss it more in detail, <laughs> like what would you give it grade-wise? Um, if I had to give it a grade, I'd probably give it a solid B. Okay. I'd probably go B+. Plus. Um, and that's saying a lot with, you know, me not really enjoying the third mm-hmm. episode as much as I, you know, I felt like I should have. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely would give it a B plus because I really, really, you know, got into those like first two episodes and I was so stoked, you know, when that third episode started and it just went downhill for me. 
But that being said, I feel like, you know, it's one of the best versions of the character that I've seen in a very long time. So, um, but yeah, what do you, so let's get into the kind of like mm-hmm. the minutia of, you know, you know, some of the show and some of the choices without trying to spoil <laughs> it too much. You know, um, if, you, so, if you want I mean, to know caution, info, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Caution, <laughs> you know, if you haven't seen it yet, you know, maybe go ahead and skip, you know, ahead a few minutes. Uh, but yeah. So like, what did you think about what they did with like the legend of Dracula? Like, his kind of power set and, you know, vampirism overall. I think the ideas were very cool. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I want him to, you know, be this legendary monster through and through to the end. So, and you're kind of talking about the fact that to, like, you know, retain, you know, his intelligence and, like, what makes him different from Mm -hmm. other vampires is that... You know, he chooses the right type of people to feed off of. And what we see in this version of the character, um, you get like a certain amount of like their abilities, their memories when you feed off, you know, a victim. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought that was definitely a unique take and something I've never seen before. Um, But the fact that, you know, you know, does he keep those abilities throughout time? I, I feel like he does, right? Well, they would have to fade, right? I don't know because when we when we start off the show, he is decrepit and like in a state of falling apart mm-hmm. until he feeds on the new victim. But do the me- the memories don't go away, right? No, clearly because, because he went in the second episode. He still has the memories, and the third episode too. Exactly. You know, so without saying too much. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I guess I don't mind that so much, you know. Um, I like the fact that he can, like, pick up languages and stuff like that Mm -hmm. just from feeding off a victim. Um, You know, I think that's kind of cool and different. Um, You know, would I like to see other vampires, you know, kind of, you know, on par with Dracula? Um, Like his minions and everything like that. You know, maybe they're, they're kind of, you know, it seems like they're more, like, decrepit and Mm. they're, like, more at his, like, beck and call. Yeah. So, um, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I kind of I enjoyed the different take on the legend, though. I thought that they were going to go that route when we got the first episode before the ending, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, when we get his uh, first victim and he, like Dracula, is fawning over him a bit, saying that oh, he could possibly be like him. Yes. I thought maybe we'll get this um, character that goes on to like be a challenge and the third episode does kind of tease that Mm -hmm. you know with the whole cell phone thing where he's caught and i was like oh is he still alive is that still happening Mm -hmm. um you know which i was really intrigued by but then we saw that that wasn't the case at all so um yeah no i agree i agree it's hard to like get into depth without (laughs) spoiling the whole series um, but there's a lot of choices like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, some of the things that I did enjoy was like, you know, just like the visuals and everything like that. Something just, to- and it's in the trailer, so I don't think I, I'm spoiling anything. But like, you know, seeing a group of nuns pull out stakes, you know, and they're all prepared mm-hmm. to fucking kill some vampires. I thought that was totally badass. I thought they made a lot of cool choices like that with these characters. Um, you know, I mean, just the Van Helsing character overall, I thought that was uh, just a great choice. And I love the performance. Um, you know, and like you said, I feel like she kind of stole the show. And it's not anything against, like, Claus, you know, Bang. You know, he did a 
phenomenal job mm-hmm. also. It's definitely the Dolly Wells show. Like, I mean, just her and Dracula kind of going back and forth and everything. And, you know, how curious she is um, about, like, how, you know, what makes him tick. And, like, Mm -hmm. it seems like everything's supernatural and everything, you know. It just seems like she's just a nun, you know, out of happenstance. Um, I I thought that was phenomenal. I I would watch a prequel series with just her. Yes, yes. Or, like, her, like, just, like, being, like, a monster hunter or Uh something like that. Would that be great? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'd definitely love to see that. So... What did you think about, you know, the ending of the third episode with, you know, Dracula's weaknesses kind of all being in his head? I like the metaphor and the the thought of it, but I still want him to be the monster. You want the badass. I want the badass. Yeah. So. And we, I think maybe part of the problem is, like, the scenarios that we see Dracula in, we don't really ever get that mm-hmm. version of the character because we have the two episodes um you know and he ends up in the ship mm-hmm. um and it's a very like contained you know um scenario where he's not able to really lash out and he's kind of more manipulating and stuff like that which is very much the character but we never see him at like full power um so i don't know i don't know no exactly i feel like with a longer series, we would have been able to get like elements of him being afraid of death yeah. throughout it. You know, like we get to that final point. Yeah, where there's more build up. Yes. And that's what I was saying. I felt like the third episode felt very rushed. Mm-hmm. Um so I I don't know. Um, you know, it's hard to talk about the series without spoiling the <laughs> shit out of it. So I mean maybe and we were gonna have a Patreon soon. So maybe we start doing spoiler talks, you know, on the Patreon. We'll see. Yeah, if that's something that you want, let us know as well. Now adding number eight. Love, Death, and Robots. Stop being a whiny pussy and fucking bounce it. Jeez. I was looking for something to watch and I just happened to be on Netflix and an animated series came out called Love, Death, and Robots. Now, did you hear anything about this beforehand? Nothing. Because I didn't hear shit about it. And it would like, like you, <laughs> all of a sudden it popped up on mm-hmm. my, like, as like a recommendation for me because of course, Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah. Right, I was watching a documentary and it popped up at the end and it was just... Is it Love, Death, or is it Sex, Death, and Robots? No, it's Love, Death, and Robots. Okay, okay. But there is a lot of sex. Dirty mind. <laughs> <laughs> so you watched it? Yeah, I we binge straight through it. Wow, how many episodes? There's 18, but it's all like 10 to maybe 15 minute um, shorts. And it's also, it's kind of like an anthology it series, is, yeah. correct? I would consider it like the animation version of Black Mirror. Oh, so it's animated. Yes. Oh, 100% animated. I had no clue. Like, mm-hmm. I saw, like, a brief, like, clip of something. It didn't seem like it was, like... There's one that is very not animated, where it's Topher Grace and Elizabeth uh, Weinstein. Oh, okay. Okay. So maybe that's why I didn't really think that the whole thing was animated. Yeah, so probably. there is one story that's not animated. Pretty much. I mean, the thing, it's there's a universe in their fridge. Okay, and, the, fine. and they're just staring at it pretty much the entire time. It's, it's like my least favorite one out of all of them. Oh. <laughs> uh, do all the animation styles vary? Yeah, they're all different almost each episode. Okay. And it's just really interesting. I'm super into like cyberpunk and like dystopian futures and stuff like that. So this really hit you know, 
really hit me hard with a lot of uh, imagery and the things that they were going for. So is that a theme like throughout all the episodes? Yeah, a lot of it has to deal with, I think, the future and where we're heading and stuff like that. Um, several episodes have to deal with like different things taking us over. One cats take over the world. One uh, <laughs> yogurt. That sounds takes like my nightmare. Yeah. Oh lord! Um, did you say yogurt? Yes. Wait. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> Sentient yogurt. Oh lord. Okay. And they move on without us. Spoiler. Okay. <laughs> so is this very like I don't know, I don't know like an allegory like you know like very Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. You know, how would you describe it? Like, if you had to compare it to another series. Well, I, I think my best description was uh, Black Mirror, where it's just like, you know, these are the things that we're heading towards. But um, I think this show, especially with animation, which is my main thing of why I love animation so much, it's animation can do the things that other shows can't. Like, yes. Whereas Black Mirror will have to build itself on more realism to get you, like, hooked on it more. Mm-hmm. This can... Go fucking wild. Like, Go straight fantasy. Exactly. Um, Have yogurt take over the world. <laughs> exactly. Is it as dark as Black Mirror? Um, some of them can get as dark. Because, I mean, you're saying cats take over. So right away, I feel like it's more like tongue-in-cheek. There's there's humorous ones like that where it's tongue-in-cheek. Where, like, that entire episode where it turns out the cats have taken this over. was It was robots going through, pretty much, um, a world where humans have killed themselves, pretty much. Okay. Um, and they're just like tourists. They're tourists going around like, oh, this is just another dystopian world where humans ended up failing. Let's uh-huh. take pictures and like it's it's almost like how we treat like um, if we went to Chernobyl or something like okay. that. Okay. So it, it it's all very interesting stuff like that. Um, the very first episode really gets you hooked in because it's um, photorealistic animation. Um, you know, something that you would see like out of a high grade video game or something. Mm-hmm. And um, it just so like, like some cutting edge shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there? I mean, the animation style. Like, what would you compare? Like, I mean, you're you're kind of explaining like it's a variety of oh, different yeah. styles. You know, so, sometimes you're getting Saturday morning cartoon. The next you're getting really. Um, one is definitely um like almost a, it's almost exactly like the um Spider Man into the Spider Verse animation style. Oh, okay. but it's, I mean, the content is not <laughs> nowhere near the same. Okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, it's it's definitely like they're so short too, so you don't realize that you're like just piling through all these as well. Yeah, if they're you said ten ten minutes long, yeah, each one, and mm. how many episodes? About eighteen. Okay, that's not bad. I could. Not bad at all. I could do that. Mm. <laughs> A lot of these stories, like they end, and then you're like, I kind of want to know where this goes from here uh-huh. but then you're not going to get anything more from that do you feel like they will eventually explore like go back and explore some of those or i don't know i feel like a lot of these were maybe like um entry points that people were like trying to sell to netflix for series like short stories exactly or and you know they decided hey let's compile these oh yeah. so you feel like it's almost like a premise and then they just kind of like okay this would be fun short form yeah yeah, and then maybe like see what sticks and what doesn't, and they could explore from there, mm. which is smart. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to check it out. So you highly recommend. Yeah, this. I highly recommend. If you love animation, you love dystopian futures, definitely check it out. Now adding number seven, Black Mirror. Family life. It's boring. 
below the free lake. So here she is again. Yeah. What is it? Is it me? Lonely feeling. I don't have many friends. Rachel, you look incredible. You've got 20,000 fans out there. Knock them dead. You have to brace yourself. It's not a doll. That thing was a poison. Pull out whatever we can get on this guy. Uh, I watched Black Mirror. I, I binged through the, the three episodes that they <laughs> That's the whole season, right? Yeah, that's... How long were, was each episode? Um, each one's about 55 minutes. Okay. So, they're just about an hour. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, most seasons... Like, I feel like last season went a little bit more for shock and horror and, you know, um, building on the universe and everything. This one just straight up is depressing. Really? Okay. Uh, that's how I feel. It's just a gut punch it's, of like... It's very like... It's stuff that it feels like we are right next to in technology and everything. It's close to reality. It's very close uh-huh. to everything that's going on. Um, even like the storylines. Like, I think one of the big draws I think with the season was like, oh, Miley Cyrus has an episode. That's how they were trying to bring people in and she's stuff like that. She's still a thing, huh? Yeah, she's still a thing. Alright. But they used a lot of her real life story... Oh, in, to, the in the episode, She's like um, kind of in a way. Um, in that one, it's about a, a lonely teenager yearning to connect with her favorite pop star, and then she learns uh, more about her pop star, like uh, fa- like who she really is and everything. She's disappointed. She's not disappointed, but um, does she eventually take her place? No, it's okay. it's not like that. <laughs> it's more it's like I think I've seen that movie. <laughs> That's that's what they put down on paper, but um, what the episode is more about is like licensing and how we handle, um, you know, like how these like companies own like the you know artists treating people more like a brand than uh-huh. everything because um, her manager, which is like her aunt or something like that, um, forces her to go into a coma, and is then like taking her. Um, you know, they're, they're able to, in this show, it's a very um, thing that's already been put in place, is that they can extract, like, your brain, pretty much. Like, they can make a data copy of your mind. Uh, and they're putting limiters on it so that they can only, they can control everything. And so now, like, what we've seen in today's society with, like, Dio is on concert right now, on tour. Yes. Stuff like that. The hologram of yeah, Dio? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was basically about... That like they were trying to sell that and everything, yeah. and they were making new music. So they based doing off like of an mind. AI of her. Yeah, basic. Okay. Um. The what what they're talking about with the girl is that the girl gets an AI doll, and um, they just accidentally break open the limiters on that, and so they get her full mind, and she learns. Yeah, my my aunt's trying to kill me and everything right now. And, <laughs> So they go and save her. So her aunt really trying to kill her? No, it just puts her in this like induced coma and everything okay. so that until a certain point where she can get this contract filled out and pretty much own everything 100%. Wow. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, did you enjoy the episode? Yeah. No, I enjoyed the season completely. Because it sounds like all kind of the social hmm. commentary that the show's known for. Yeah, it's it's very much stuff that I dig. You know, okay. Concepts that I really enjoyed. Um, Anthony Mackie had a great episode. 
Falcon. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> we are talking about him earlier. On your left. Uh, it's about, you know, VR and kind of, um, you know, their version of VR, which is like pretty much you are feeling and experiencing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, him and his best friend get into a video game and they start having a sexual relationship inside the video game. Oh, okay. And it's kind of like... Um, you know, is this cheating? Is this not? Is this, you know, uh-huh. um, is this something that, you know, is a real connection that they have in real life or is Sounds it just like in Sims the game? to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I had a friend who got weird with Sims. <laughs> Everyone He was married and yeah, there was a whole, the whole thing. You're either. It's like, like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> What's happening? You're either a crazy sex person or you're a murderer in Sims. Yeah. There's, so. This doesn't feel healthy. Like. <laughs> So yeah, okay. So that and that's very believable because mm-hmm. I mean, Sims was you know I mean God that was early two thousands. So yes. I can't imagine if it's a virtual reality version mm-hmm. of that. You know, we're actually feeling things. Yeah, that would fuck with people. <laughs> so um, and then the second episode is literally just a commentary on Facebook. I would say. Okay. It's um you know it's this guy who was addicted to looking at his phone pretty mm-hmm. much, and he's uh, driving with his wife in his car. And their car gets hit because he was distracted looking at his phone. Oh, Jesus. Okay. And his wife dies. So he tries to... Um, he basically kidnaps someone that works for the company <laughs> to get attention from the owner of the company so that he can just put out this message like, change this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, what was your favorite episode of the season? Um... I mean, that episode... Probably the Once same. again, the episode feels like something that we've probably seen before, at least. You mm. know? um you know but do you feel like was it effective i thought it was very effective i for what nothing was too like shocking Mm -hmm. this season i would say um compared to the previous ones but i do i do like the commentary that they're saying and everything okay Okay. all right so i mean well done where does it rank for you season wise season wise i would say one of the better seasons i would say it's not the worst season but it's definitely you know under yeah like maybe a third like third place type of deal you know okay okay fair enough fair enough so that's pretty strong though yeah was it been five seasons yeah also maybe it's not that strong (laughs) (laughs) i only say that because i'm so used to like i mean the very first episode you had the prime minister fucking a pig Mm -hmm. i mean (laughs) (laughs) my kind of show um so I definitely say still check it out. Check it out. Okay. Definitely not like the strongest, as in, you know, shock value at least. How like quickly do they turn out these seasons? Um, it seems like they're on like a two-year cycle. Really? Almost. Okay. Because I feel Vanderstein that just came out, right? The movie. Mm-hmm. And that I was feel like Black that's Mirror, all, like that, a project on its own. That was like a separate thing, mm-hmm. just using the the whole brand of Black yeah. Mirror. Um, all right, man. Well, I will definitely have to check that out. Now adding number six, The Witcher. Bring me the girl alive. I have to find Carol to Frivia. We can stop Nilfgaard. I will personally defeat them. Join us. Why would I protect this? I want to be powerful. I will take the girl, protect her, and bring her back unharmed.
some backstory. This is an adaptation of a video game or a book? Of a book. Okay. To be more specific. So the book came first. Yes. Then it became a video game. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I feel like the vi- I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, the video game um, is kind of like a sequel point in the books. Okay. So like it continued on a storyline. All right. All right. Now, where does this show actually pick up story-wise? Is this like an origin story? This is more of an origin story, and it does you know take its own liberties with the story completely. All right. Um, you know, you're kind of seeing elements from the story that they didn't really fully explain, or um, you know, backstory parts that you know they didn't really show off in the book, or we're totally not seeing that character from those elements yet. Okay. Uh, uh, they definitely did this in an interesting way, where they told the story in kind of like three different timelines, and by the end of the show, all the timelines have officially like synced up, and then we're kind of like going forward from there. A lot of people said that they were confused by this. Um, I didn't. I didn't get that feeling. I thought, um, you know, pretty much, you know, every time they were in a different timeline, they did a good job of like letting you know where we are or showing you an element that at least explains this is not the same as what you just saw like ten minutes ago from someone else's point of view. Okay. Um, you are following like the because th- I'm already confused. <laughs> so you're saying yes. <laughs> so you're saying we're experiencing uh, different events through other people's point of view. Yeah, well, the same events, but from three different perspectives. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So it's the same event, but it's just different people. And we're jumping in at different times. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I see it in well, your face. I, I can see why load. you would get lost. That's an interesting mm-hmm. like story choice to make. I think there's some elements that I won't spoil just yet, because I know some more about these characters, that it will make more sense going down the road, why there's so much differential in time. Okay. Down the road, uh, some time travel elements, maybe, oh, in the future. Okay, but, say uh, no more, my friend. <laughs> Fucking um, time travel. It was, it was interesting how they handled it, um, but at the same time, for me, I thought they'd locked through. I, I mean, every time they showed anyone from, like, let's say, so our main, our main characters are Yennefer, Siri, and Geralt. Uh, Henry Cavill plays Geralt. Um, we have... We have Anya Charlotta playing Yennefer and Freya Allen as Siri. Um, it seems that Yennefer and Geralt kind of have are in similar points, like further in the past. Okay, story wise. We start with them story wise. Um, there's there's um, stories kind of match up first before because uh, Siri's storyline kind of meets up with the rest of them by the end because her whole plot is to meet up with Geralt. Um, if I so I'm gonna I'm probably gonna stick to these three characters for the most part. Um, okay. You know, so let's start with Geralt. You know, easiest easiest one to do. He's kind of like on monster hunter missions each episode, which is pretty awesome. Um, you know, the CGI sometimes is you know what you would expect from TV quality, and then a lot of the practical effects are very you know well done and handled well. Uh, I I I really do believe a lot of the monsters in this world at least. And they're well explained. Um, Girl is always there to tell you if someone bringing up a monster is fake or real. Okay. He's um, definitely a monster expert for anyone uh, that's not unaware of witchers and what they are. Okay. Well, what is a witcher? A witcher is kind of like, think of it as an X-Men who was like manufactured and forced to become a monster So like hunter. a mutant? Yes. He's basically. a mutant monster hunter. Okay. All right. Perfectly formed to like fight monsters. So it's not someone who's necessarily born, though. It's someone who's been created. No, yeah, they're definitely chosen. 
Oh, okay, okay. Hmm. Or, so, well, forced into it. Okay. Uh, young Are, birth. Is it like a training that they have to go through? Or is it something... They have something, though, at birth that is fostered then. And they turn into, like, a monster hunting machine. No, they are actually like like forcefully mutated. Oh, yes. okay. So like through experiments mm-hmm. and shit. But okay. you hold on to that X Men element because for some reason people really hate them. Okay. Um, I don't know if they're. So just... it's like the Weapon X program. Yeah, it's like okay. the Weapon X program. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the civilians kind of hate them, and it's just you know they're they live on this kind of like dark path where they're helping people, but you know. They're still the shit of the town. Um, we get introduced to this awesome bard who, um, if, if you probably haven't noticed, but there is a song circling the internet uh, from the show uh, that I'll probably be playing in this episode somewhere. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, that kind of like brings favor to um, our to Geralt. Uh, it changes people's perspective of him and people start hiring him more and stuff like that because of this hit song yes <laughs> well i mean that's a great way of telling history is like oh uh-huh. I, yeah, I that's what they did exactly. at the time but like this <laughs> they didn't have the internet back in the day but nope. it spread quick enough where <laughs> like he's not all bad and the song's definitely telling some lies as well <laughs> but okay fair enough um man just henry cavill's portrayal of girl was just perfect on point 100 okay. i can't say more but, um, better than his Superman, huh? Better than Superman. Okay. <laughs> I would say. I mean, I would still... I'm being a smartass, obviously. I know, but... <laughs> I, I liked him as Superman, man. At the end. <laughs> At the that end. wasn't his fault. No, it wasn't his fault. He didn't write the script. Exactly. So, that you should have just... We're always, always going to come back. It no always matter, goes Patreon, back to Patreon, regular League. episode, <laughs> It all comes back oh, to Justice Oh, we should do League. a Justice League watch-along. <laughs> That'd be that's, a great Patreon exclusive. That, that's going to be for $5 only. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, you got to pay some serious money for <laughs> me to me watch, watch Justice that. League again. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to Yennefer. Um, Yennefer is a kind of strong witch character in the in the games, at least. Um, you know, we didn't get too far into her origins, but into the show, they really show how she became, you know, the witch and everything that she is. And... You know, at first, I felt like it was being handled very well. You know, I thought it was cool. Like, she's, you know, this kind of, like, hunchback of Notre Dame turned into goddess type character. Okay. Um, that's kind of what her storyline is throughout that. But once she, like, finished that transformation, it kind of just slows down for her. And she doesn't really feel powerful going forward for a while until you get to the end. Um, there isn't really a big, there isn't too many big moments for her. Um, and her, the actress just doesn't seem to hit that right note, okay. I would say. Like, she doesn't, like, come off as that, you know, cocky, confident, um, badass witch. She's so you feel more, like it's actually the performance of the actress, not yes. the script? I don't think it's necessarily the script. Okay. I, I just, she doesn't have that, like, air about her. Okay. When she's, you know, walking into a scene and stuff like that. Um, she's not commanding anything, if that makes sense. All right. Um, That's fair I, enough. I've, you know, and, and when she was first introduced as the character, it made sense. But then maybe, and maybe, yeah, the script halfway down the road could have done her more favors. But at the same time, you know, as an actress, I do expect you to just 
command the room as well. Mm-hmm. If that's what your character is supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she she is, you know, I feel like well cast, but at the same time, I would I would hope for a better performance. I'm hoping maybe they work on this going forward. Um, this show is greenlit for the the foreseeable future after getting seventy two to seventy six million views. Jesus immediately. <laughs> Netflix is weird though. The way they count yeah. views, like you could literally just like turn it on for a second, mm-hmm. and that counts as like a view. So no one knows. Well, that's why actual... I said seventy two to because they they keep giving. I keep going to different sites. Some have said over a hundred million. I'm like I, I don't know what to believe. Yeah, here. No one understands like the exact <laughs> matri- like metrics they use mm-hmm. for downloads yet. So and they don't really have to explain to anyone. So it mm-hmm. doesn't fucking matter. Um, you know, they don't have advertisers per se. Exactly. It's just, you know, us idiots subscribing to, you know, whatever they fucking put out. So while I will say that there was, I feel, more to be desired from each show, I was still hooked every single episode. That You know, there wasn't a moment where I wanted to stop watching it, at least. Okay. You so, know, I, I never left, you know, unsatisfied. So, you know, knowing... All the characters' backstory, knowing mm-hmm. the material so well. Do you think that helped you as a viewer to enjoy the show more, or do you think it made you more critical? I think um, it's a little bit in the middle, because like you know, you're you're judging the changes that they're making, and you're judging how the story is playing out. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, it's it's a new, exciting way to enjoy the characters that you already love. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Now adding number five. Umbrella Academy. Nothing's changed. I jumped forward and got stuck in the future. Do you know what I found? Absolutely nothing. When's it supposed to happen? In eight days. Oh, shit. Ground. There's someone out there who's trying to stop me from preventing the apocalypse. We need the full force of the Academy. Bingo. Yay, sisters. Yay, sisters. So this series felt like what it would be like if Wes Anderson did a comic book movie. Um, and I mean that in a good way. Uh, it, it, quirky, fun, um, pretty meta at times. Um, it really just kept me on the edge of the seat guessing like what was going on. It, I, it felt like it was very unpredictable. Uh, I, it's just something that I haven't seen. It was like a breath of fresh air um, for the genre, I felt like. I really feel like it's going to be a catalyst for more material like this, you know, being picked up by the studios. So I just, I love, you know, the characters are, especially Ellen Page's character. Um, And I'm really excited for season two. It's one of those seasons that kind of like leaves you at a cliffhanger that really works um, and really left you wanting more. So I I really highly recommend The Umbrella Academy. And I almost forgot this came out this year. It's one of those, you know, shows that I had to go back Mm. and like, I was like, wait, was that 2019 or was that 2018? It was a a really busy year. Yes. So, um, and and this was picked up for season two. I think it's actually coming out this year. So pretty exciting. Now adding number four, The Boys. They just declared war. You can't do this. You don't have the fight. You never have. The 
This kid is full of surprises. Well, well, well. It's not, not what it looks like. I thought we had an understanding. I know you're trying to be tough, but we're superheroes. Who are you? This was another show that took me by surprise this year because it just came out of nowhere for me. Like, I didn't know what anything about this. I've never read the graphic novel. Uh, I, I knew zero about this show. And I just saw, hey, people were like saying, oh, it's a gritty comic book thing. I was like, fine, I'll check it out. Uh, it was just really on a whim on, a, on like a mm-hmm. Saturday night. I was like, I'll throw this on. And bam, was I just drawn into the show. Um, from the beginning moments with the girlfriend and then going forward and just this ride that just does not stop till the end. I, I really loved all the characters between Huey and Billy. And uh, we had, I don't think her name is Stargirl, but it's like Stardust or something. All the characters. <laughs> Close enough. Exactly. All the characters just work. And this was exactly what I needed after watching everything from Netflix to the Marvel films. This is exactly the type of grit and change in a star in a, in a hero film that I really need. I almost said Star Wars there. <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate everything that they put into this. And I'm really looking forward to the second season, which should hopefully be coming soon. All right. So much like Umbrella Academy, this was also a breath of fresh air for the superhero genre. Um, I love the deconstruction of the genre in general, the way they handled it. Based off of Mark Miller's comic that I've never actually read, um, you know, I think it was like the first trailer that kind of got me interested in it, but I was completely, like you, hooked from the first episode. Um, Dark, gritty, not scared to pull punches. It was something that we haven't seen, you know, from the genre. Um, and something that I want more of because there's so many great books like this out there, um, you know, to name a few like Authority or something like that, where I feel like it's just ripe to be like on the big screen or the small screen. So hopefully with the success of this show, we'll get more studios willing to take a chance on, you know, something darker with a harder edge. Um, what I really loved about the show, even though you're dealing with these characters with these fantastic powers, it feels grounded it feels very real world, like how these like superheroes would play in society, um, how godlike they would become, and how like corporations would just exploit the shit out of it. Um, it that I just I I loved every second of this series. And I'm so excited that season two is like right around the corner once again. It's it it's not like the Marvel you know Netflix shows where you're going to have to wait two, three years in between each season, which, I mean, I loved a lot of those shows, but it was hard to wait that long. It seems like we're going to be getting a season every year. Now adding number three, Stranger Things. Don't you see? All this time, we've been building it. We've been building it for you. All that work, all that pain, all of it for you. And now it's time, time to end it. And we are going to end you. And when you are gone, 
are going to end your friends. And then we are going to end everyone. Stranger Things has been that show that's continued consistency throughout each season and still been completely enjoyable. Like I was I felt like I was a little concerned for this season cuz I it felt like it was going to be the most different compared to all the two that we had before. And it is it is a little bit different in general. Uh, but it's still kept those like it has that great chemistry between all the characters still um the new characters um, that they introduced in last season still work great with everyone um the new villain pretty much uh for this episode this season um being uh you know character billy and everything going forward he did a phenomenal job throughout the entire show um, i really just there was nothing for me to hate about this season. Um, I enjoyed the different side stories that we got. Um, David Harbour playing Hopper was great again. Uh, I love his interactions with the kids and his interactions with, with Will's mom and everything. I love the, um, the Russian guy that we got in this season. I love that he's <laughs> playing the, the same character now in Black Widow. <laughs> I, just, I, I think that guy needs more work in general other than his shitty film Hellboy from this year. But beyond that... <laughs> That wasn't his fault. I'll argue, though. True. So he did put in the work. He did. He did. He was a high spot of that film. He was. He was. Um, but overall, I think the show really still works, and I feel like the way that they ended off this season in general kind of opens up the show a little bit more than I expected it to. Like now that it's branching out to like, um, I think he's in Russia. Is the is the rumors? You the know, rumors, the, and yes. the speculation. Uh, I think that's interesting. You know, uh, we'll see what we get going forward. All right, so I'm going to tag in here because season three of Stranger Things was also my number four pick. Uh, basically, everything you said, ditto. Mm. But <laughs> um, I just love the fact that it was really like a coming age story. Um, it did feel almost like a second act, just with all the characters kind of like moving on. It de definitely ends on this kind of somber note, mm. which I actually enjoyed. I thought that was a bold move. Um, but I loved the character like arcs in this season um my only qualm i think was really like the sitcom kind of like scenario shit like going on with the relationship stuff a lot of people just not communicating where like everything could be resolved in like a simple conversation um but that's a nitpick and that's going to happen in every show um stranger things i think we use the analogy of a warm blanket you know when we were talking about mandalorian uh -huh. it's definitely this like warm comfortable blanket that you just can rely on it seems like now every season so i'm totally jinxing season uh -huh. four <laughs> but they just like they figured out the formula so well of like doing nostalgia but not just for nostalgia's sake and hitting all the right notes and why this kind of storytelling worked mm. in the 80s. So, and they really hit it home here. And once again, the Mind Flayer, everything with Billy, um, he just felt like such a great villain this season. So, um, and like, you know, how it ended and everything like that actually carried a lot of weight. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. No, I, I think I, I enjoyed the balance more with the sitcom stuff than you did. Yes. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I was like, all you have to do is talk. So it just, it got so frustrating uh, at points. So it's like, come on. You know, it's cute. I break up with you, whatever, you know. But like after like three episodes of it, I was done. But I love the season overall. <laughs> now adding number two, Watchmen. You know how you can tell the difference between a masked cop and a vigilante? No. Me neither. 
your heart out because this was an amazing fucking series i was completely blown away 100 on how well they were able to handle a sequel to Watchmen, which is crazy exactly it's crazy like at first you know a lot of people were concerned the trailers showed you absolutely nothing of the show just kind of threw out a mystery and that's all and you had to figure it out from there um and that's how the show even starts you know it's it starts off as a classic mystery, but even the structure of the show in general, it is so Watchmen. It is com- like each episode feels like it came straight from a comic. All right, now pump the brakes. Yes, because I have not watched this, <laughs> this season yet. I am three or no two episodes in. Yes, so no spoilers. Sorry, <laughs> I won't spoil anything, but I will say it does get way more Watchmen than you expect really okay from that point on all right man i'm so excited <laughs> for this and i just it's i've been so busy with everything mm-hmm. else in the holidays i haven't gotten around to it i fell behind and i've just stayed behind so i, I plan on binging it soon um but yeah no i've heard nothing but like rave reviews which is crazy because i mean you remember the trailers we're like mm-hmm. eh. You know, and just the taking on the task of doing like a sequel to The Watchmen just seems so daunting and it feels almost impossible. But I mean, this year, or, well, I guess really the last couple of years, we've gotten both in comics and mm-hmm. on the small screen. There's going to be a clear argument on what is the better sequel in general, which I'm going to say the show is at okay. the moment. But going forward, this was really well done and I, I'm excited to see what you think of it. Now you're probably going to hate it since I love it so much, but... <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it was the perfect show for this year and it handles so many issues so well and it's, it's definitely what I could imagine Alan Moore today writing if he were to like redo Watchmen all over again you know well the first step was so alone mm-hmm. went a direction that I was not expecting and like it literally had me on Google right away so like just try yeah like, I looked did it up this too. shit really happen <laughs> what the fuck because uh, I never I've mm-hmm. never heard about that whole like you know moment in history uh, which is sad you know um so I mean right away it was super promising I was I was stoked to see where the show went to and then life happened so <laughs> now adding number one the Mandalorian but bounty hunting is a complicated profession. said you were coming they said you were the best in the parsec would you agree
Mandalorian was a show that kind of took me by surprise a little bit this year because I, I was expecting something a lot more gritty, underground, everything, but it had so much heart and so much more to these characters that I thought, man, this is this is so much, this is super enjoyable, mm-hmm. you know? Um, this is what I expect out of Star Wars and what I, like, it's got that same homey feel as any original Star Wars film would have. It's like a warm blanket. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Especially in these cold times that they're bringing us. (laughs) Let's not go down this road yet. (laughs) We'll get there, though. Um, I really love everything that they've done with the Mandalorian lore. I loved everything that we got with the side characters. Even though, like, uh, at first I was concerned that the show was only, and spoilers, slight spoilers. If you want to know nothing, don't listen to what I'm saying right now. Yes. Um, I was surprised by like, what we got with like it being single adventures where the side characters felt like they are they belong to these single episodes. Now they do. I mean, we do get a big partnership up at the end, and it makes all this sense and stuff. But this definitely had a different format than I expected. But at the same time, it was super enjoyable. I I had no problem with the show whatsoever. In a time that Star Wars fandom is so divided. I feel like the Mandalorian did like the miracle of actually like building a bridge, you know, between fans where everyone can kind of like agree that this is what we love about Star Wars. Yeah, we all love Baby Yoda. Yeah, so there we go. You create the well, bridge. I also love bounty hunters, so. <laughs> and I've been waiting for a show like this for years and years and years. And I finally got it. And I had to adjust my expectations once I realized that there's this different element, Baby mm-hmm. Yoda, in it. Um, but it wasn't a bad thing. Um, I really love the fact that it leans heavy on, like, samurai mythos and, you know, old westerns to kind of, like, you know, it's it's almost genre-bending in a way. So, you know, it's all those great, you know, stories taking place in space. Um I dug that. I really did. Because those stories work for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's modern mythology at its finest. Um, it was, I, I mean, but it's not just that. I mean, I felt like when we did get, like, fight sequences and action sequences, they were all well done. I love, like, you know, taking a deep dive into, like, you know, the darker underground of, you know, Star Wars. And I think when we reviewed this series last we were think i think we were at like episode five i believe and my favorite episodes by far are the last three episodes Mm -hmm. so um you know and spoilers for anyone who has not seen the series yet so and i'm just spoilers for this entire episode i mean if you're listening a year in review (laughs) show and don't expect some spoilers then you know that's on you but yes spoilers 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 but everything we got with grand moff gideon i mean in my book was just a home run down to that like final scene with the introduction of the dark saber at the very end which just had me on my feet like applauding um you know in the middle of my basement at two o'clock in the morning (laughs) Uh, just amazing amazing because i was complaining kind of like how they're playing kind of it felt fast and loose with like the mandalorian like mythos Mm -hmm. um but Man, bringing that dark saber in, you know, which was such a huge part of Rebels, really just did my like nerd heart so proud, you know, to see that attention to like detail and everything. No, my jaw dropped, and it was like it's not only is it the dark saber, it's 
like an actual replica of everything like mm-hmm. they didn't like change it at all they didn't like spoof it up this looks exactly like they ripped it right out of rebels and put it in his hand yes absolutely and i mean season two i think is actually finished it's it wraps mm-hmm. so that'll be coming out at the end of next year so i'm really looking forward to like finding out more about like what happened to the mandalorians and you know where we go with baby yoda from here Buckle up, nerd, because you are now ready to binge. Now launching show outro. Before we go, go ahead and check out dramacityproductions.com. Uh, you can listen to us there and a bunch of other great podcasts. Uh, you can also find us over at bigheadmedia.com. Uh, once again, tons of great podcasts along with us. Exactly. And if you're listening to us on your favorite platform, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Make sure it's that five-star review. That's right. That definitely helps a small independent podcast like us keep on going. If you liked any of the news stories we talked about today, you can find them on our social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at, at Amazing Nerd Show. Yes, we are your nerd hub for all the latest news and pop culture. Uh, beyond that, if you're looking to support the show, we have merch, guys. We got t-shirts, mugs, the works, all on TeePublic. And then you can also find us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Go ahead and pick up some nerd swag. And maybe even the shirt of your favorite wrestler. All right. Next week, um, I'm probably going to still make it to the theater. I'm going to go see Hunt. Um, I don't know if Damon will or not. He's got such a busy fucking schedule right now. Um, We're going to be talking about Hunt. And we're definitely going to be getting into all the crazy news going on surrounding, you know, movies being pushed back and stuff. Uh, I heard there's some crazy shit about Hulk. So maybe we'll talk about that next week. Um, and plus there's probably going to be plenty more news to talk about so thank you for sticking with us if you liked what you heard subscribe, rate, review all that good shit my name's Christian that's the Amazing Nerd Show although no one official is prepared to comment religious groups are calling it Judgment Day there's panic on the of as an increasing number of reports of serious attacks on people who are literally being eaten alive a witness reports are sketchy. One unifying detail seems to be that the attackers in many instances appear to be... Dead excited to have with us here a sensational chart-topping... ...or ideological connection between those committing the atrocities and perhaps more...